and welcome to another episode of the Giving Back to Gwinnett podcast. Each episode, we tackle community issues, tell stories that matter, and show how you can make a difference. Presented by the Gwinnett Coalition and the Community Foundation for Northeast Georgia, Giving Back to Gwinnett showcases the nonprofits and people making an impact in Gwinnett. I'm Heather Loveridge, founder of Magnolia Media Group and chief storyteller for the Community Foundation, and I'm your host. On today's show, we are talking about workforce development, but not how you typically think of it. Joining me here in studio are Jace Brooks, Director of Better Work Gwinnett, Brian White, Director of Community Engagement for First Step Staffing, and Alicia Battle, Director of Workforce Development at Goodwill of North Georgia. So welcome everyone. Thanks for being here with us today. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Great to be here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to today's conversation. So let's just start off with some introductions because um, our listeners may not know what you do or... um, what y'all want them to know about your organization. So, Jace, I'm going to toss it over to you. So, tell us briefly about Better Work Gwinnett and your work there. Awesome. Uh, thank you so much, Heather, and yeah. thanks for the opportunity just to be here today You're and welcome. to share. I uh, greatly appreciate that. So, uh, I work for Georgia Center for Opportunity. Uh, we're a community based organization, a nonprofit, and uh, I head up, I'm director of the Better Work Gwinnett initiative. So, what happened is uh, we started Better Work Gwinnett uh, last year. Uh, Uh, as a result of the pandemic, uh, so just trying to uh, get people back to work in Gwinnett. Mm -hmm. Uh, The way it looks right now is we have about two dozen community-based organizations, uh, including Goodwill and First Step, as well as uh, uh, some entities that are in the government sector, some that are uh, part of education. And we just, uh, we've gathered around, we've put together a strategy to help people get back to work in Gwinnett. And uh, we meet on a monthly basis now. So our target market uh, for those that we're trying to reach are um, working adult age um, people in Gwinnett that are either unemployed or underemployed, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. we'll talk about later as far as the livable wage. And uh, they typically have some sort of employment barriers uh, that they're dealing with. it may be uh, housing instability, uh, it may be transportation, childcare, it may be a criminal background, things mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. So we help connect them, uh, those that are searching for jobs, to employers <laughs> that are uh, really looking for uh, employees right now. Okay, awesome. Well, Brian, um, same for you. Tell our listeners about First Step Staffing and your role there. Okay, Heather, thank you so much. And again, thank you for having me. Um, so again, my name is Brian White. I'm the Director of Community Engagement. The Director of Community Engagement with First Step Staffing. And um, I've been with the company now for about two and a half years, going on three. And what we do at First Step Staffing, we're um, a, one of the largest nonprofit uh, staffing organizations in the country. Hmm. And our our mission, if you will, is to assist those individuals that are experiencing homelessness, mm-hmm. um, re- displaced veterans, mm-hmm. and returning citizens into in- employment opportunities. Um, what we found is a lot of our clients have um, experienced a lot of barriers to finding employment because of their background, right? So um, our founder, Mr. Greg Block, thought it'd be a great idea to, to tackle homelessness by giving jobs. Mm. Everyone gives houses, you know, but how mm. do you maintain a home if you don't have income? Right. So we were working with um, several employees or employers throughout the metro um, Atlanta area and um, the outskirts, and we offer employment opportunities. We provide tr- wraparound services such as transportation. We provide disability services, um, supportive services, and we are, um, have a new program called Impact Program where we offer skill-based trainings to our clients as well so that they can get better jobs and um, 
make better money. Oh, that's awesome. Yep. Yeah, Thanks. definitely need service there. And Alicia, so Goodwill is way more than thrift stores. So yeah. talk to us about what you guys do around workforce development um, and just your role there too. Yeah, um, thank you so much for having me You're here so as well. Yeah, Goodwill, everyone knows about those stores, right? <laughs> That's right. But in actuality, we've been around for over 95 years. Wow. And, you know, our mission is simply to put people to work. And we have 15, 14 career centers right now where people can just walk in and, you know, have services. But we also provide services virtually. So we have a virtual career center uh, component as well. But the one thing that some people miss is that we do have an intensive workforce development program. In that program, we're providing uh, services, we're providing training to people in high demand uh, uh, industries and opportunities. Mm -hmm. And we're also providing, just as some of you have already mentioned, support services. Mm -hmm. But one thing that is really crucial is that we know that we're serving people who have barriers to employment, many barriers. So uh, part of our design at Goodwill North Georgia and our mission services is that we do offer that one-on-one -on -one support for every client who comes through our program. So what that means is that a person will have a case manager, you've got a job coach, you've got an employment specialist, um, you've got you know advocates all around you to help you be successful in that next job or hopefully career that you're about mm -hmm. to enter in after receiving our services. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. Goes far beyond just hey, apply for a job listing. Yes. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about that. Um, let's talk about developing our workforce versus workforce development, because traditionally we've always thought about it as helping people find jobs. But in 2021, after coming through the pandemic with job openings everywhere, it's actually more about having a workforce developed to match jobs that pay a living wage. So Jason, I'm going to talk, toss it over to you again, then we'll... any. Um, Alicia or Brian want to chime in too, but Jace, how have you seen this shift take place and what is Better Work Gwinnett doing to help develop our workforce? So um, what we've seen is that uh, a number of those that are uh, unemployed right now are kind of postponing some employment decisions. Uh, a few different reasons that, that I've noticed and, and th uh, these guys can tell you some more. Uh, there is a lot of government money out there and so it's kind of enabling them mm -hmm. to uh, to postpone those decisions but I think probably the bigger issues are there's a uh, a mismatch of skills uh, so mismatch of skills with the uh, those that are unemployed versus the jobs that are available mm -hmm. and in some circumstances uh, those jobs that are available may be uh, a little less attractive and so they're kind of postponing that decision as well to see if maybe they can find a better job uh, what do we do here uh, at Better Work Gwinnett uh, to help that? Um, uh, I would say there's three main things that we uh, that we help with. First, we can provide those uh, the soft skills training, and uh, and an employment mentor. So mm -hmm. we have some great volunteers that can work with the candidates and help them to work through those the soft skills like how do you, how do you do an interview? How mm -hmm. do you write a, a resume? Uh, how do you show up for work, you know, at the right time and in, in the right manner? Those those types of things and those employment mentors will, stuck, will stick with them for a few months to help them guide them through that process. Um, another thing that we do is <laughs> we connect uh, our applicants to, to folks like Brian and Alicia, mm -hmm. Goodwill, First Step Staffing, others that mm -hmm. can help provide them with uh, skills training. Mm -hmm. uh, Gwinnett Tech's another great partner in that, uh, in that arena. So sometimes they just need those, those additional skills uh, for these uh, high demand jobs. Mm -hmm. I would say lastly, what we do uh, when we connect with our employer partners, uh, we ask the, our employer partners to make sure that they contact the applicants 
within three business days, preferably within one business day, mm -hmm. because that's one of the frustrations that these folks have. They never hear back. Mm -hmm. You know, you go on the Monster, you go on to Indeed, you put out 100 resumes, you don't hear back. So we're asking our employers, please get in, back in touch with them ASAP. And then preferably go ahead and, and do an interview. So we call it a guaranteed interview unless there's some special circumstance that mm -hmm. uh, that would where that person might not be a great job applicant for that one, but but most of the time they're guaranteeing an interview. Hmm. So that's really uh, kind of how we're addressing some of the issues that we're seeing. Yeah, that's great. Uh, Alicia and then Brian, your thoughts on this? Yeah, um, just to add to what Jay said, I mean, it, I agree with everything you said, but there's one thing that we are working towards is really working with employers to um, help them understand the apprenticeship model. Mm -hmm. And so that we know that we can provide the training. And just as you mentioned, Jace, I mean, there's sometimes they're not getting calls back and what's happening. So if we can get them in the job, training them to what that employer specifically needs um, and creating a career pathway through them. So through employers, that's been kind of rewarding. And so the apprenticeship model is one way that we've really tried to shift our model in adapting uh, to some of the employer needs, but also worker needs as well. Hmm. Oh, awesome, Brian, any thoughts? Absolutely, so from an employment standpoint, uh, just kind of couple what uh, Malicia and uh, Jace both said here, um, what I found as the community engagement is, it, it takes a village, right? Mm -hmm. So you can't do this by yourself, you know? Mm -hmm. And what I absolutely love about our partnerships is just what they said, you know, if from an employment standpoint, if we have an employee that's having some issues on the job, we have partners that we may be able to send them to, to get those soft skills training, how to write an interview, how to communicate effectively mm -hmm. with, um, with management and things like that. Um, also, what we've seen from an employment standpoint is, you know, trying to change your mindset mm. of the individual. You know, the pandemic came along, and it's, I think it's going to forever change how we address this issue. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, we, we changed the mindset and told people not to go to work, and we'll pay you not to do that. Mm. And now we're saying, okay, you go know. to work. Right. You know, you go to, to work. Back. We need you to get back out there in the workforce. Mm -hmm. And so um, collectively, mm -hmm. you know, we have to continue to work towards that initiative. Mm -hmm. And once we can get that initiative addressed, I mean, people want to work. You know, there's 10 million jobs out there right yeah. now. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, 8 million people are working. Mm -hmm. There's 2 million that's not, and they choose not to. Mm -hmm. So how do we reach that 2 million, right? Mm -hmm. How do we get them and change that mindset to get them back to work? Mm -hmm. And I think that's through partnerships. Yeah. Well, and expand a little bit because you, you've, yeah, you just touched on some of the issues you're dealing with in regards to developing the workforce. Um, coming out of this pandemic are there other things that you are seeing and then maybe jason alicia speak to that too just mm -hmm. either things you're having to overcome or you know like you said that shifting that mindset what mm -hmm. else are you saying well i know that's our biggest one is shifting that mindset um housing is an issue mm -hmm. you know um for, for our folks because you know it's easy to get a job but you know there's a lot of other factors that go into maintaining that job mm -hmm. getting a good night's sleep getting a good meal you know not worrying about you know uh people robbing you you know what I'm saying right, things right. like that so um, some of those issues that we have to combat is you know things like that right um, also training mm -hmm. training and um, making sure that our clients understand that there are resources out there for you mm -hmm. let's get you to those resources right we have partners that we work with we even do some things in-house we have job coaches you know communicate you know mm -hmm. things like that so I think once we can get past some of those barriers 
you know, we can get people back working. Yeah. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything along those lines, Jace, Alicia? Yeah, I, I would agree with what Brian said. I mean, it's, it's more or less, um, I don't, I don't know. I know there's a lot of jobs out there available, but what they're just as Brian said, what we're missing though, there's a lot of, um, I think support mm-hmm. that, um, you know, that workers need. And mm-hmm. so everything from, as you mentioned, housing, but then childcare. Yes, it's that was very, on my mind. It's very mm-hmm. expensive. Yes. And um, I cannot imagine. So if you're, if you're making $12, $13 an hour, you won't, you know, $500 a week, mm-hmm. maybe six and some, I hear some even more. Right. That is where the barrier is. And it, it's very unfortunate. But as Brian said, it's like, well, hey, I might as well just stay at home. I can't afford, you know, mm-hmm. it's either rent mm-hmm. or it's childcare. Mm-hmm. Which one? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that is what we're seeing a lot of. Yes, yes. And if you have multiple kids, good goodness. Exactly, yeah. Childcare is a, uh, is a major barrier. A couple other thoughts uh, that I had. One, uh, as Brian was talking about the mindset, uh, some, of the, uh, some of the folks that we work with uh, kind of have this mindset of just how many hours can it work? And it just they're just looking at that hourly rate and mm. how many hours can I work and I, I know all of us want to shift them more to let's let's take a look at a career mm-hmm. let's take a look at the long term because sometimes they don't they don't value the benefits mm-hmm. um, uh, the, that the employer may be providing and kind of factoring that into uh, mm-hmm. into their decision making they're mm-hmm. just looking at the number of hours so that's that's a mindset that's something that will take a while uh, to uh, mm-hmm. to overcome but but each one of our organizations works on that uh, another one that I know that all three of us work on are uh, returning citizens so those returning citizens are those that uh, have a criminal background um, a very high percentage of the people that we work with have a some sort of criminal history mm-hmm. and that's a significant can be a significant barrier right so uh, we're all working to change the employer mindset mm-hmm. of you know what uh, from our experience these folks can be some of your very mm-hmm. best employees mm-hmm. they can be incredibly mm-hmm. motivated mm-hmm. and so if we can help them uh, help those employers to get past that mindset of no, if you have a criminal history, you just can't, you know, we're not going to even talk to you. Right. At least talk to them. Let's mm-hmm. see. Uh, let's see if that could be a good fit for your particular uh, job opening or industry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and along those lines, let's talk about some misconceptions, um, probably from either a public or even an employer standpoint. Um, when we talk about developing the workforce, again, going back to the beginning of the podcast, when we talked about the difference there between workforce development so are you guys finding out in the public or when you're working with employers things that you're you're having to you know kind of reset their mind on if if, okay um to chase to jace's point you know um what we're finding is that a lot of employers are actually doing just that they're starting to change that mindset because they need people Mm -hmm. you know and you know, we, we've, we've asked them to, to open their minds up and, and understand that, you know, just because a person made a mistake, whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, because a person made a mistake, they paid their, their, their dues, let's give them a shot. Mm-hmm. And Jace is correct, we have some great people. We've had people that's, get hired, that's gotten hired on full time, wow. you know, within weeks of working at some of these um, mm-hmm. employers. And a lot of our employers that wouldn't budge on wages have now gone up to be more competitive mm. because at the end of the day you get what you pay for 
Right. So if you want quality, you're going to have to consider paying people a livable wage mm-hmm. so that they can continue to produce that quality work that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. And a lot of employers are starting to get that. Yeah, that's good. Mm-hmm. It's good. Yeah, I, I, I would agree. I mean, completely. That's exactly what we're seeing, too. Employers are now changing their minds mm-hmm. very quickly because it's a competitive world out there in the world of recruitment. So mm-hmm. uh, minds are shifting, I, mm-hmm. I think, and you know that's what we're seeing and I think also we we touched on this earlier but the fact that there are some people who do want to work and we just talked about the reasons mm-hmm. why they can't get to work it is very either homeless child care transportation or, or a car <laughs> gas mm-hmm. you know so there's a lot of things out there and um, so I think sometimes that's a misconception that we do see it in the news that what are they doing um, it is, and, and what we are also finding is that because at Goodwill we, we do work with small business owners, so micro entrepreneurship program that we have, but people are starting businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, I've seen people several times, and I'm like, so why don't you don't you want to get a job, and that way you'll have your benefits? And they say, well, no, no, I'm going to be my own boss. Mm-hmm. So some of the I guess the monies that they've received uh, over the last two years, they become entrepreneurs and that's working for them uh so the mindset the mindset has shifted Mm. in several ways so Mm -hmm. with the job seeker now entrepreneur then obviously employers are like wait a minute maybe that background's not so bad Mm -hmm. we need some people Mm -hmm. (laughs) right yeah and i think employers are seeing that uh, they're going to have to address some of these uh, support issues Mm -hmm. uh, that we've mentioned transportation all right child care let's be creative try to figure out as an employer, how can how can I help address that issue? Certainly partner with, with us and the community-based organizations. Uh, sometimes we have the resources to help address those, at least in a short for a short term. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to address them in the long term fr- from us. So mm-hmm. I think those employers are, you know, need to take a look at that. Um, uh, there, uh, and there is this kind of this shift uh, among employees and those that are searching for jobs because of the pandemic um, that they want a little more flexibility mm-hmm. if possible yeah. some of the jobs that we you know the, uh, the employers we work with the jobs you you have to be there right. in person from x time to x time right. and, and we totally get that but if there's other flexibility that can be provided uh, that would be mm-hmm. very attractive to a lot of those that are out there searching mm-hmm. for jobs mm-hmm. well let's talk about something we've alluded to but livable wage so Alicia um, and everybody else which I'm into I'm sure but what is a livable wage today uh, and especially in Gwinnett yeah you know again we we've looked at several things at Goodwill we um, have partnered with the um, and I don't want to get it wrong but anyway there's a cliff software some of you are very familiar with that and it's so in other words to talk to people to understand what do I need to make you know, what's the importance of the training that I'm actually gonna be involved in, but what is the wage that I need to make mm-hmm. to be able to somehow have a livable wage, but to, just to live. Mm-hmm. And so we often do that with people, just so people can kind of see like what's needed. And we're like at least $17 an hour. Mm-hmm. That's the probably least amount that you need to be able to afford an apartment um, you probably won't get your food stamps anymore. And, and that's another benefit cliff conversation that we have to have. But what do you need? Mm. Because you're probably going to lose your, your benefits. Mm-hmm. What do you need to be able to maybe 
I don't want to say rise up out of poverty, but at least to overcome some of the barriers that right. you're going to have. So you know, we, we try to tell people $17 an hour at least. Um, and is that for a single individual or is that, what does that look like? That's for, single. Okay. <laughs> yeah. That, that, I mean, you know, Chase, uh, you know, Brian can speak more about that, but that, that's a single individual. Mm -hmm. um, and someone with kids, that's still not, it's not it's it. Very, yeah. It's very hard. So um, we're always really trying to offer those financial literacy programs that we have. We now even have a um, financial opportunity center um, at Goodwill and just so that we can get people to understand like, okay, how do you save? What do you need to do? You know, what bill needs to be paid first? How, you know, um, your needs versus your wants. Mm -hmm. We're trying to really have those conversations, but at least 17, that's an individual. That's not a family. Right. So if you're a single mom or you're, you know, yeah. you've got two or three kids or your mom, dad and kids, whatever, or you've got yeah. an older, you know, elderly relative living with you. Yeah. I th it, and I think because of the, um, uh, the rise in housing costs, mm -hmm. it's actually, it's the number I've heard now is $21 an hour. It's mm -hmm. probably yeah. more. Yeah. It's probably more. It's probably 17 plus benefits. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and then for more of a family of four, it's like $36 an hour, mm -hmm. uh, which hopefully again, um, maybe they need two incomes. Right. They, they need, uh, whatever that looks like if it's one person working two jobs or, or two mm -hmm. people working one job mm -hmm. so uh, yes the um, the livable wage is getting pretty pretty high here in Gwinnett County um, what Alicia talked about uh, as far as these benefits cliffs is a huge issue um, our organization has done immense research on that and we're trying to impact it from a policy standpoint but what what happens is some of these folks may may uh, be eligible for a promotion mm -hmm. uh, for a wage increase then they go home and they take a look at the benefits that they would lose by taking that increase and they can't afford it, yeah. it they yeah. can't yeah. afford it mm -hmm. so they actually they actually kind of get stuck at a certain level so that they don't uh, lose those benefits, benefits. Mm -hmm. and right. so that because I was going to ask explain what is the benefits cliff yeah. and that's mm -hmm. what that's yeah that's yeah. what it is a lot of times yeah. the uh, and again the benefits are great I yeah. mean so we're, we're not saying that those are bad uh, but they're stacked on each other mm -hmm. and so uh, you might not just lose one and you lose it kind of all of a sudden mm -hmm. instead of it tapering off mm -hmm. so but you may lose two or three of those benefits and and in particular it may be housing help or child care mm -hmm. assistance and th they just can't afford to do it they can't replace that unless unless the raise is so much more to overcome that difference so there's a domino effect mm -hmm. oh yeah Absolutely. Absolutely. oh yeah yeah, hmm. yeah. Um, one of the things that we're doing over at, at first step um, is this initiative that we're working on hopefully we're, we're um, um, having an effect in the next couple of months or so we're, we're using this platform called poverty stoplight I'm not sure if any of you have heard of that, but it is an, um, an organization there outside of the country, actually, and they're piloting it here in the United States, and we're one of the companies that they want to use to help pilot it. And what it is, um, just real quickly, it's a platform that we're going to use to, to I don't like the word survey, but we'll use it with our clients to kind of identify barriers hmm. of poverty, mm -hmm. right? Because there are certain things that go into poverty that's just, just not money. Mm -hmm. You know, um, so we'll use this uh, platform to assessment to um, to help our clients identify those um, those barriers, mm -hmm. and then partner with a lot of the partners that we have in the city to 
give them the, get them the resources they need to combat that barrier, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. To help them get out of um, help them get out of poverty or at least address that issue. Right. Anyway. So uh, we we like it. Mm -hmm. You know, um, it's, a, it's kind of a lot to go into putting it all together, but it's going to be very beneficial um, to help. And I, I can speak more on it once we kind of get rolling on it. But we just know that 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 uh, that platform or that uh, program is going to help. Mm -hmm. identify some of those issues guess what $17 might be enough for a person we don't know we can assume mm -hmm. you know that it's not or that it is or whatever but until we really start asking those hard questions and right. start looking at different things right. then we can really identify what that barrier is right I'm getting yeah getting down to the personal yeah. level mm -hmm. what does that look like for an individual yep. mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Alicia Goodwill has a strategy of getting a job, then a better job, and then a career. So talk about that more and what it looks like. Yeah, we know at this point that short-term trainings and certifications are are most important. And um, so we look at that. We look at, um, of course, we call it the ABC and so forth. And so we want to make sure that we are training on entry-level jobs, mm -hmm. but entry-level jobs that can become mid-level jobs and then hopefully those advanced levels. So mm -hmm. I'll give you an example. We teach environmental um, services uh, to folks, and it's healthcare environmental services, excuse me, so it's a hospital. Mm -hmm. Some people used to call it the custodian job, but it's really important. It's probably one of the most important jobs mm -hmm. uh, post-pandemic or in a pandemic, obviously. And the hope is, is that we will create this career pathway so you're gonna be able to start this job. You're gonna learn a little bit about infectious controls and the hospitals. And then hopefully you'll become that patient care technician. And then the next training would be probably LPN, so a licensed practical nurse, and then registered nurse. Hmm. How do you create that pathway? We're just trying to really um, help people understand that because we know that that's the only way out of you know poverty and to raise the economic or economics of our uh, folks in the community, we've mm -hmm. got to create career pathways and helping mm -hmm. people understand the benefits and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, you know, hey, what does it mean? So by the time, and some people, for example, it's only at the registered nurse level mm -hmm. that at that point they're safe and they mm -hmm. can let go their benefits, but the other levels they can't. Mm -hmm. They can't um, because we know that, you know, maybe the environmental services technician may not be there. So, but that is the whole concept of it. How do we continuously raise the wages mm -hmm. and benefits of people who we're training mm -hmm. in a short, you know, time frame? And of course, with partners as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, and along those lines, uh, Jason, Brian, what are some of the gaps we need to address? You know, thinking of we as a community, we as uh, employers, and so on, and key opportunities you see ahead to continue developing our workforce. Some of those gaps that I see, um, of course, I'll go back to housing, I, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and I say that because that's one of the things, one of my responsibilities, that first step is to help our clients find housing. Mm -hmm. um, so housing, I definitely think, is an, an area that we can certainly improve on um, to help help build in the workforce mm -hmm. area. Um, of course, continuing the, to, to um, elevate that wage, mm -hmm. that wage gap, you know, they just, you can't go from... It can't be a $7 and then a $17. You know what I mean? Right, it's just right. too big of a gap. So um, I really believe that, that and just continuing to change the mindset. How do you do that? Just constantly pumping the information out there in the public, getting it in the media, social media. You know, how do we reach mm -hmm. our clients, mm -hmm. right? Um, that, that's, that's really the gap, mm -hmm. in yeah. my opinion. Yeah. 
Yeah, so I, I uh, listening to Brian talk about housing. Uh, I, I was just with uh, someone else yesterday, and uh, that organization was trying to find uh, homes for less than two hundred thousand dollars in Gwinnett County. Oh, good luck. They found one. <laughs> wow. And it was a teardown. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so you're going to have to spend another two hundred thousand uh, know, on it. Yeah. So that that will tell you a little bit about the you know the mm -hmm. housing affordability right mm -hmm. now in Gwinnett County. Uh, there's pros to that. There's cons to that. So mm -hmm. uh, for the folks that we work with, it's a con. It's right. a it, it's a significant barrier. Um, I would say you know the main thing uh, that I'm thinking about right now are uh, these employers, and we've we've really kind of talked about it, but. Be open to working with these folks that have employment barriers mm. and uh, be creative in your strategies of how to deal with those. Mm -hmm. We've mentioned the, the tough ones, housing, childcare, transportation, those can be, um, the employers really, I think, can help uh, address those needs. Uh, and then be open to those that are returning citizens, those that have some sort of criminal history. Mm -hmm. uh, they can be amazing employees for them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Alicia, anything you want to add? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say um, probably one of the gaps that I see is just collaboration mm -hmm. between employers and the community organizations. We've talked about a lot of barriers today, and so employers, they need us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so just what first step staffing and, of course, um, better work, Gwinnett, what we're doing together you know as partners we have got to really instill that into our employers we can help you mm -hmm. we're going to help them through these barriers uh, that they're facing and so that you can have some productive employees mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah and you don't have to close your restaurant early because there's nobody yeah. there mm -hmm. to work that's all right could i add just oh, yeah. one thing and we talk about uh, we talk about training a lot we talk about changing the mindset of our clients a lot but you know I, i'd like to put some of this onus on the employer there's a lot of training out there on how to deal with clients that we work with on a daily basis, right? And I think a lot of the employers need to really invest in getting some of that training mm -hmm. so that they understand that, you know, how to handle a, a tough situation or how to handle someone that just has been institutionalized for the past 20 mm -hmm. years. Mm -hmm. That's a totally different individual, mm -hmm. you know, and you there's a definitely there's definitely a way to handle that individual. Mm -hmm. um, so there there's webinars, there's podcasts, there's a lot of information out there. Mm -hmm. I would just employ some of these employers to tap into that. Yeah, that's a good point. Because, yes, if you're going to really develop your workforce, then you as an employer have to make that mind shift, too, mm -hmm. and yeah. think outside the box. Yeah. And how do we really nurture and grow yeah. those that are under their leadership? Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So as we wrap up, two things. I want to uh, throw out a question um, that I was thinking about as we were talking, and that it would need to be quick. But any success stories that you guys have, like something that you've seen somebody come through and they're, you know, started maybe down here at poverty level or they were incarcerated and now they're uh, successfully employed. Um, anything that comes to mind for you guys along those lines? Uh, we, ha we have one. Uh, we have a video of uh, a gentleman named Kevin, uh, and he actually just spoke at one of our events uh, just last week, so it was a privilege to be able to meet him. But uh, Kevin had been uh incarcerated i think it was for seven years and he came out and he was determined <laughs> he was determined to get a job and uh he hung around uh, the uh, it was in columbus actually and we, we have a program in columbus as well and uh he started working with uh, columbus waterworks the, the mm -hmm. water department there mm -hmm. they took a chance on him and now the um uh 
a lot of the department directors there are fighting over Kevin. <laughs> 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 I love they it. want Kevin to work in <laughs> their <laughs> area. Uh, so he has just become one of their you know, very best employees. He's an advocate for uh, those that are in, you know, that are have encountered similar situations as himself. Mm -hmm. uh, again, his videos out there, I think if you just Google uh, or uh, go to YouTube and do Kevin's story, it'll pull up because it has a, a million or more views. So wow. uh, he's having mm -hmm. just a massive uh, impact. And what he's a great guy. I, I, I met him and he said, you know, one of the things that, um, that has kept me going is there, I, I stay optimistic and I see the good in everything. Mm. He, he was even saying, I saw the good in being in jail. Wow. Uh, because it provided some opportunities for him. Wow. But anyway, yeah. that, that's a success story. That's the power of your mind, mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, there's one story that come to mind. Um, it's, it's a gentleman that, that I've been working with over the past couple of weeks, uh, Mr. Sharome. Um, he was incarcerated. We actually, um, he was referred to us by one of our community partners. Um, empowering men and women and on the move and he was very adamant about getting his CDL training we are we do recruit for that as well mm -hmm. and he was he was very very adamant about getting his CDLs and uh, if anybody has ever worked with WIOA you know it can be a bit problemsome to get through the paperwork it's just a lot mm -hmm. you know and um, but once you get through it it's really beneficial and a lot of people just quit halfway through it and they just be like forget it I don't want to do it Jerome stayed the course he stayed the course and he can he contacted me every day every day until he got in his class wow. it normally takes 30 to 45 days to get approved for this class mm -hmm. I think he was in his class within two weeks wow he was very adamant and um, he's in the class right now so I that alone just getting to that point is success mm -hmm. story to me mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying yeah. just I saw his his determination and he said mr. Bryant you know, uh, I'm not going to take an L. That's what he said. I'm not taking a loss on this. I'm, I'm going to get through this. So, I mean, and he talked, and if there was anything he had an issue with, he was like, I need to talk to a manager. You all need to get Mr. Brian involved. And he was just very communicative with it. And uh, he, he should be done with the class in December. Mm -hmm. So I'm really excited to tell his story because I know he's going to, you know, he's yeah, going to be successful. That drive yeah, drive. Yeah. Like he's sending me videos. This is what we're doing today. Like he's <laughs> And it's, it's just so I'm just excited for him. Yeah. You know, so. Um, yeah, that's that's who come to mind for me. That's awesome. Yeah. I love that. Well, I mean, I, I'm going to say there, there are several stories that come to mind. And anyone who's listening, if you want to see some of those, you can go to Goodwill North Georgia's YouTube page or you can go to our website, uh, goodwillng.org. But there's, there's this one in particular story about a youth that we served um, about a year ago. And uh, this youth had a lot of barriers, um, uh, notably I would say homeless living couch to couch mm -hmm. kind of thing and um, what I was so proud of is that just the the idea of believing and trusting in these kids and letting them understand that hey I'm here for you I've got mm -hmm. the support for you but this uh, I say youth went through our technology and careers program and uh, did a, a great job it was a struggle because uh, she worked at McDonald's throughout the time and she was successful in getting a certification in Salesforce. She's a Salesforce Ooh. administrator. So she's making like $80,000 a year. And my, my, I just, when we see her, it's mm -hmm. just, um, I don't know, it's like a beacon of hope for yeah. all youth who are going through the same thing. So 
when I think about it, I just think about how our services are just, uh, you know, they're, they're really blessing so mm-hmm. many people in this community. Mm-hmm. So that's uh, what I'll leave with mm-hmm. for sure. I love that. Yeah. Yep. Hope is so, so important. Yes. All right. So as we wrap up, um, anybody, you know, our listeners, what can they be doing to help with this issue right now as well as long term? I love to end with something practical that people can walk away with. So any, any advice from you guys? Uh, sure. I have a few things. First, I will promote the CDL program. Uh, I spoke with a truck driver just two days ago. Yeah. He's making over $100,000. Mm-hmm. Oh. So it's uh, that, that a short investment mm-hmm. <laughs> on getting your mm-hmm. CDL. Mm-hmm. Uh, could, uh, you could really benefit from it. So uh, three things. One, if you have the money, invest in our organizations. Mm-hmm. Any and all of us, uh, we're doing great work. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, if you're an employer, partner with us mm-hmm. uh, again any of the three organizations here um, are not even just any but all of us you mm-hmm. partner with all of us uh, we'll help you find some uh, terrific employees and uh, last for my organization in particular uh, we need employment mentors those mm-hmm. that just want to volunteer an hour maybe an hour and a half of their time each week uh, to help uh, these folks that are looking for jobs and applying for jobs um, be successful mm-hmm. in that endeavor yeah I love that, Jace. Brian or Alicia? I'd like to just kind of jump on his coattails. <laughs> I, what you Jace, know, said. Jace just said he, he covered it all. And, yeah, um, yeah. From my standpoint, partnerships, like I stated earlier, you know, it takes a village really mm-hmm. to um, to help build the village, yes. right? So, yeah. you know, and how do you do that? You work together mm-hmm. and through partnerships, uh, through constant referrals, mm-hmm. you know, I'm quick to send someone. I, I do a lot of work with, with Goodwill of North Georgia. I'm actually coming to a job fair, I think, um, in the next couple of weeks. So, you know, just supporting each other's efforts, mm-hmm. you know, um, and being there and just kind of talking up, you know, what, what each organization is doing and being, being very positive-minded and, of course, address the mindsets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think everything that they said, <laughs> everything that ditto. Chase and Brian said, ditto. Uh, the, the, just the last thing that I have is that, of course, with Goodwill, when you donate, please continue to donate and shop in our stores uh, because that is how we put people to work in our mission. And that's where I'll end. Awesome. And give us your website again. The website for Goodwill North Georgia is www.goodwillng, as in northgeorgia.org. Awesome. Chase, y'all's website? Uh, betterworkwinnett.org. Awesome. Brian? www.firststepstaffing.com. There we go. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. We have had a great uh, conversation on the Giving Back to Gwinnett podcast. Um, If anyone would like to learn more about the Gwinnett Coalition or the Community Foundation, please visit them at gwinnettcoalition.org or cfneg.org. I'm your host, Heather Leverage. Thanks again for joining us. And now, go make a difference in your community.